Today we're speaking with Megan Tolan, Deputy Director of the Sacramento Children's Museum, which is located right here in Rancho Cordova. We really are a spot that has a lot of flexibility in terms of how how we can respond to our community's needs, and we're very lucky in that way. So a lot of these programs and these events are reflective of what we've noticed in our community and our visitors, and they are responded to really well. So, Megan, welcome, and thank you for being on the Rancho Cordova podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Sure. So listen, let's start by telling everybody, what is the Sacramento Children's Museum? Give us the elevator pitch. Someone doesn't know what it is, they find out you work there and they say, what is it? So tell us what it is. So the Sacramento Children's Museum is a museum designed for kids. So it is all about learning through interactivity for our youngest residents of the region. So we serve kids from birth to about age eight, and it's where they can come to learn a lot of foundational skills and before they go on into the world. So a museum, typically you go to an art gallery, an art museum or a science museum, it's exhibits. Your museum is more activity-based, right? It is. So um, the Children's Museum field is is big. They're all over the country, all over the world. Um, but unfortunately, some people are maybe a little confused with what a children's museum is. But yes, it is more similar towards a science museum in terms of the interactivity, but we skew towards younger kids. So you don't come and look, um, you come and touch and play right. and learn through your through all of that. So we'll get into everything, but tell us just what are some of the activities that if I was to go there today with, with a little, you know, Freddie, little two-year-old, well, five-year-old Freddie, what are some of the activities that we're going to see? So you'd first come in, and there everything is always, of course, bright colored and fun. Um, just we have everything from a train table that reflects our region, uh, so it has our two rivers meeting and things like that, to um, a pretend play area with a market, a house. We have an art studio where you can either create something completely out of your own mind, um, or paint on a wall, or we have um, projects that we set up in there for you. We have some building activities. We have um, a stage so you can perform if you want. Really anything that their imaginations can bring to life, you can do at the Children's Museum. So they're all interactive. You, you can participate in these things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And do you participate with other kids? Or could you, if you're a loner, you could just do it on your own? So you can, however the child wants to play. We always say it's child-led. So right. we have some of the visitors that come and they are super focused maybe they love the train table and they don't want to do anything else they don't want to play with anybody else and that's okay they're learning they're exploring um, but we also have a lot of kids that interact together maybe they start creating uh, something together in our with our big blue blocks which you kind of need buddies right. to do so what is the mission of the museum like, do you have a mission we do so our mission is to spark a passion for lifelong learning specifically in, in young children. Do you collaborate with schools or is it just you? You're just you guys. So we are our own entity. We have uh, educators on staff, um, but we do offer field trips with schools. We have a mobile museum program. So we, we um, 
interact with schools in that way as well. And do they come on trips? They do. Yeah, yeah. we we have um, we see a lot of the schools from Rancho since we're we're right here, right. Um, but really from all over all over the Sacramento region. So what's an average day at the museum? So what what's an what happened today, for instance? So. The museum is definitely something new is usually always going on. You kind of never know what's what's going to uh, be going on. But of course, we see our our members come in early in the morning, usually, because that's a special hour just for them. Um, and then we always have the exhibits are, are open. And every day we have at least three additional activities. So, for example, today um, there was a science experiment and then a story time and I believe a reptile encounter. So there's usually at least three different things. We do things like music, yoga, art, okay. science. A reptile encounter? Yeah, we have. So you have rept like real reptiles? We do. We have a bearded dragon. We have two tortoises, um, a Kenyan sand boa. And you own them? We do, yes. Oh, so they're there all the time. They are there. They're, wow. They are there ready to... Uh, for you to look in the cages and see them. And then we take one of them out so the kids can interact with them at least once a day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Are they happy? They are, yeah. yeah. We have, and we have three geckos, too. So there's you there's do? a lot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's like a little zoo. Yeah. So we've got a lot more questions about the museum. But on this podcast, we always have a tradition, and we like to get to know our guests. So why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Tell us about your parents. Just tell us about your early life. So I am originally from Southern California. I grew up in Costa Mesa in Orange County, so um, close to the beach. Yeah, I know Costa Mesa <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very well. Um, so I, I, I'm California born and raised. So um, I grew up down there, and I, I'm the oldest of four. And What did your parents do? So my mom is in education. She... Um, is a, a principal now and has been for a very long time. But, oh. So she's done... Principal of what kind of school? An elementary school. Elementary, yeah, okay. She's, in, down in Costa Mesa? Uh, she is in a neighboring district yeah. there, yes. Okay. But, so she's been there, and then my dad is an electrician. Okay. So they've... Um, and they grew up in Costa Mesa, too, so that's yeah. where we all, oh, okay. we so all, all kind from of... There. You go mm -hmm. to high school there? I did. I went to a modern-day high school. So a big a big school down there right. with, with good sports teams and all that fun stuff. Right. So. And then did college follow? Yeah, I went to Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. You did? So I that was my my four years where I moved out of the state um, and studied history and political science there. Okay. Uh, and was there for, for four years. And what was your plan at college? What did you want to be when you grow up, so to speak? So I... I always liked history and learning. Um, you can't really be from my family, um, my immediate and extended family, without kind of having that uh, passion to learn kind of instilled in you. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do something. I really always liked museums. Um, my parents took us to them when we would travel. Uh, they took us to see every mission in the state, you know, things like this. So oh, wow. I always grew up learning things like that. But I wasn't really sure if that was a valid career path. So um, I also minored in political science, thinking, okay, if his, you know, a museum wouldn't work out, I can, I can go in into politics. in politics. And so 
So what was what, what was your aim though? Did you want to be a politician? Did you want to work for a politician? No, I definitely didn't want to be a politician. Right. Um, and I that was my first full time job out of college was working for the governor here in the, in California. And I was there for a couple of years and realized mm, I don't Not like politics. <laughs> so you worked for the governor of California. I did Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. What yeah. did you do? I was just a member of the constituent affairs team okay. for a while. So a lot of um, did you meet him? I did. Yeah. yeah. And is he nice? Yeah, it was nice to I've meet. met him. I'm in the film industry, yeah. and I've met him in the film side of things. He's actually a very nice guy. Yeah, he was always nice to me. <laughs> yeah. What was your job? So I worked in constituent affairs, so it was mostly dealing with um, California citizens. So if they would write, email, call in with, val- with concerns, or if there was bills or propositions or anything that was happening and it was important to get their voices heard okay. we would kind of tally that information um so it was really um so you would not so if uh you know you hear nowadays that if you have a gripe with something call your congressman right they mm-hmm. say call your congressman it matters so that's true then call yeah that's what i was doing for the governor yeah so you would take the calls people yes and yeah. it was it's a, it was a big team so oh wow so if someone calls in it's actually logged and it's taken seriously it was when I worked there. And yeah. I assume it's the same now. Okay. And how long did you do that for? Two years? Yeah, about two, two and a half years. And then what? And then I decided I had worked in museums before uh, as a summer job. And I had always, I want to go back. So I, I decided to apply to Sac State to get my master's in public history. And so I left the governor's office and went to school full time wow, and okay. then did some different so you went to Sac State? I did, yeah. To get a master's? Yes. Yeah. In, in what? Public history. So it is a practical application of history. So if you're working in museums, an archivist, um, cultural resource management, historic preservation. Uh, so it's career paths that are not t- teaching, oh, okay. <laughs> basically. Did you enjoy that? I did, yes. Yeah. It was gave me a really broad introduction to a lot of different ways that I could kind of narrow okay. down what I wanted to do and it was so you came from so SoCal Southern California to here to work at the state capitol mm-hmm. and then you went to school mm-hmm. so how did you end up at the children's museum so I let's see I had worked in some nonprofits. I went from you know a part-time job in a museum needed a little bit more so I was working at another nonprofit, and then um, this job Kind of, I saw it and thought, ooh, yeah. I love the Children's Museum. I grew up, I've gone to Children's Museum. I, and so um, I applied and I started at one position and I've been there for a long time since. So. Yeah. How long have you been there? So I have been there since 2016, I believe. Oh, okay. so five, I did leave for a little bit, yeah. a bit, but then realized... What am I doing? I want to go back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to stay. And you're second in charge there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get back to the museum. So, and we'll talk a little more about what it does and everything, but let's talk about the fun stuff. So I see you host a lot of events there, and I was reading through the events, and some of them sound fun. <laughs> so maybe you can tell us what they are. So let's start with the one that's coming right up. This this airs on Wednesday before this event is going to happen. 
on February 11th, you have the Pyjama Jam. So yes. tell us what that is. What's the Pyjama Jam? So the Pyjama Jam is just an excuse for us to have fun. So right. um, this is an evening event where you come to the museum. We encourage you to wear your pajamas. Uh, kids and their grown-ups, of course. And we the museum is open for play. You, We have an art project ready for you. But in addition to all of that, we also have um, dancing. So we have music and dancing. Wow. And we have two special guests, um, two characters, Mirabelle and Isabella, um, coming to visit, which is always exciting. So it's just a fun. And the, the parents come in their pajamas as well? Yeah, we have. They do? Uh, yes, wow. it's fun. We have a lot of families that will, be, will come in matching pajamas. Um, or onesies. So this is like an annual event? The yes. The Pajama Jam? We, we, we try to do this uh, at least to every... We've done it every year. COVID, of course, threw it. Right, right. Couldn't do it then, but yeah. And how many people come? Is it is it packed? So we have... So it, we're indoor and outdoor, so it's not going to get too packed. But we have right now, um, when I checked this morning, we have about 250 wow. people registered to come. But there's still more space. Wow. Okay. So if you're driving past the Children's Museum, what time is it? Seven? It is six to seven thirty. So at six p.m. and you see a bunch of people walking in pajamas. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> yeah. They're all they haven't escaped from a hospital. Yep. They're, they're all on the way to you. Exactly. Okay. All right. That definitely sounds like a fun event. Then let's go through a couple more. So here's one that I would like, being a dog person, dog with jobs. Yes. So. This is one of our, we call them signature events. And these are events that we're committed to doing every year, whether or not we have, you know, a financial sponsor or anything. These are for sure going to happen. And so Dogs with Jobs is April 15th this year. And it is an event that's free for the community to attend. And we highlight working dogs. And we really want to introduce young kids and their families to the different roles that working dogs have in our community, whether that's as... Um, you know, what we think of might be a, a police dog. We do have those, but we also have canine companions for independence and um, some therapy dogs that maybe visit hospitals wow. or are in the airport. And we're working to get even more uh, dogs there. So last year we had about 30 dogs, so we're hoping to have wow. that again. This is inside or outside? It's outside. So where is, I know the museum, where is the outside part? Just in the outside, right outside in the parking lot area? So, yes. Or do you have like a if, courtyard? If you're looking at the museum, we use the parking lot to the right because since we're yeah. right next to City Hall, no right. one uses the parking lot right. on the weekends, which yeah. is very convenient for us. Right, right. So we, we block that off, and that's where we can do a lot of So let's go back events. to dogs with jobs. So you have a police dog will be there with its handler, mm -hmm. a service dog with its companion. Yeah, so we have... Um, so, for example, Canine Companions for Independence, they might bring someone who uh, is currently pair matched with their dog, and that person might get to show us what kind of things that dog helps with wow, doing. Okay. Um, but they also might bring puppies or retired dogs. Wow. And then another one of our good friends is Capital Therapy Dogs, and those dogs are... Um, the dogs that you see at the airport, at hospitals, at libraries, in schools, and they just give um, kids an opportunity to meet dogs of all sizes. We that have is, everything from chihuahuas to Irish wolfhounds. That is very cool. I'd have to check that one. Do you have to go there with a kid, or can you just go? This is one of the few events that you can attend without without yeah, a child, since I it's all out. I would definitely go to yeah. that. Okay. 
And the police dogs do little demonstrations as well? So they don't do a full demonstration. It's more to uh, for kids to meet them and understand what they do. Um, our visitors are very young, and so... We, yeah, if we've careful. seen if you've seen yeah. a police dog, it can be very yeah, intimidating. Yeah. Right. So we try to make everything is more up, a little more upbeat than that. Well, that sounds like <laughs> a very cool event. Then we have Pride with Leo and something. Yes, Pride with Leo and friends. So Leo is our mascot. So if you see our green little little guy around um that's leo so um again pride is another one of our signature events and we call it pride with leo and friends and it's just a celebration in june um and we are really are a museum that welcomes right so anyone this, with a this child event, so. actually i've read so it's an lgtbq event yes right? yes so it's it encompasses what the gay community or people with like gay parents with their kids like what what is it encompass so this is a family focused pride event so if you're familiar with um any june activities yeah like gay um, pride yeah you like, know the yeah. big big pride yeah might not necessarily be a place that right. you would want to no. bring your 2 year old right. just because it's so huge yeah so um loud and yeah, yeah. So this is a, um, the museum is open. We have, usually have some different entertainment. We have some vendors. And of course, it's it's a celebration and uh, we welcome LGBTQ plus families, wow. um, friends, allies, anyone is welcome. That's very um, cool. And so yeah. we do different activities. Every year we usually have uh, a pride themed craft. We have, uh, you can make your own pronoun pin, things like that. So, wow, very nice. Yeah. And then we get the butterfly event. So tell us what that is. I mean, I think I know what it is, but tell us what that yeah, is. Yeah, so um, Batty's Butterfly Release. Batty is another one of our characters we love to name things after. Um, so when you say characters, you mean like if you go to Disneyland and you have a character like that? Yes, kind of. So we have, um, if you ever <coughs> look at any of our website or social media, branding, anything, we have a, a cast of characters. Right. Um, and... We, we love them, and we like to use them as much as we can. We have a coloring book with them, um, and we do have a Leo that can come out and say hello to everybody. So what is the event? So, so this is another uh, one of the few that you can attend without a child, and it's Batty's Butterfly Fly Release. It happens every year on Grandparents' Day, and the whole focus is um, celebrating grandparents because we know at the Children's Museum, and hopefully a lot of us out there know have the personal experience of having a really powerful relationship with a grandparent or grandparent figure. And so this, you reserve a butterfly. They are live. We get them from a local farm. Um, and it is a really nice event where we have a couple little activities, but then the main focus is we say a couple words and we release those butterflies in honor or in celebration wow. of our grandparents. And they just fly off? They do, yeah. So they, they're. It's really, really cool how they come. They come in these tiny boxes, and you have to warm them up a little bit, bit, and then they wake up, and you can release them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That sounds really cool as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 really pretty too. And then we get to the end of the year trick or treat. Kids love trick or treat, right? So oh what's, yes. What does trick or treat look like for you? So this is another outdoor event, and this is just something that. 
we all dress up. We have vendors from around the community come, and they're dressed up as well, and they have uh, treats for for kids. And we usually do this every year, and it's always on Halloween. So even if Halloween is a Monday or a Wednesday, we always do it on Halloween and earlier in the day. So it gives maybe those kids that they are not school age yet, gives them something to do on Halloween because maybe their older sibling gets to celebrate at school. Okay. And then this one I was surprised to see, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, what is that? Yes. So every year, this is, again, this is one of our signature events on the 1st and 2nd of November. We uh, celebrate Dia de los Muertos at the museum. We always have, leading up to this and during uh, an ofrenda, that we decorate and we welcome people to bring if they have anything that they would like to, to add to the altar, that as well. And then we celebrate so at the museum. you make an altar? We do, yes. Yeah. And it's outdoors yeah. every year so yeah. that um, you can visit it at any time. But then on the 1st and 2nd of November, we do have sugar skull decorating. Um, last year we had some some food, you know, we had a food truck out, so hopefully we'll do that again. Um, so we, we do have that okay. kind of fun thing going on. And, of course, we learn about the, the celebration right. as well and what it means. And, and out of all those events, which is the most popular, the biggest one, the ones we've just gone through? Probably, I would say the, mo the biggest one is trick-or-treat, for sure. Yeah. We can see, you know, seven or 800 people come really? through that. Yes, yeah. Um, seven or 800 people? Yeah, wow. depending on the day of the week and the weather. Wow, okay. um, That one's very popular. And are these free, these events, or people have to pay to come in? So trick-or-treat, we usually do free with a uh, donation of a book. Uh -huh. And then Dogs with Jobs is free to attend. Um, anything outside is free to attend. And then the butterfly release, you can attend um, for free, but you do need to um, purchase the butterfly to yeah. be released. Okay. Yeah. So the trick-or-treat, what's the next biggest one? The dogs one? Probably, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because who doesn't love to come meet all these dogs? And then, um, so you also have Museums for All. So tell us what that is. We do. So we're really proud of this. Museums for All is a, a national program. Um, we did not create it, um, but we are the first one to offer it in the Sacramento region. And this is a program that just helps break down those barriers to access and cost of admission can be a big barrier for, right. for people to come visit. So this is if you are receiving uh, food benefits, so if you have that um, EBT card, you can come show that with your ID, and it, you get a discounted am admission for, um, I believe it's up to four people, so that is you only pay $2 admission instead okay. of the nine fifty. So I was going to ask you about something later, but I'm going to pivot to it now. So the two guys who you met, Jose and Rafael, mm -hmm. they always come up with a question for the podcast. And Jose's question was this, that he volunteers for a few nonprofits around. And one of them involves the Crocker Museum. And the Crocker Museum has a program where if you show an EBT card or you show that you're a recipient of EBT, that you then get free admission. But I think with them, it's always, if I'm correct, it's, it happens all the time. So the program that we just talked, is that a similar program? It's the same program. It is the so, same program. 
again, Sacramento Children's Museum. We were the first one to oh, have okay. so, be a part of the museum I, for all. So, so they, okay. um, but we're, the program basically says you can charge discounted or free admission. Unfortunately, we aren't at the point where we can um, do free admission yet. We are um, working to get funding to make right. to make oh, that okay. happen. Um, the Crocker may have had something similar before. They were a member of Museums for All, but I know that they are now, too. Oh, okay. And right. California Museum and Sacramento History Museum, you can also use you can? those cards. Okay. There, yeah. All right. Well, now we know. Um so how do you choose all of these programs? Is it a collective amongst, we'll talk about your staff shortly, the people who work there, but is it you and the director who chooses, or is it a collective of all of you that chooses all these programs? And I'm sure you have others, right? These are your yeah. staple ones. Yes, so we, yeah. we really are a spot that has a lot of flexibility in terms of how how we can respond to our community's needs. Right. And we're very lucky in that way. So a lot of these programs and these events are reflective of what we've noticed in our community and our visitors, and they are responded to really well. So that's that's one way that we um, kind of decide on these. I'll tell you for the Dogs with Jobs, we're very big dog people. And I said, I want to do an event with jo dogs. dogs yeah. We created it, and now it's one of our most popular. So, And we were getting great feedback on it. Yeah. Um, and then other things simply like the pajama jam, that's just fun. And um, we... You know that we just have gotten right. good feedback from people about it. Do you it. all get together and brainstorm on different events? Sometimes, yes, yeah. and we always encourage if anybody has anything that they would not it doesn't even have to be an event, but say right. that they are from a different different culture that we we maybe haven't explored. If they they can bring that to us, okay, um, and we'll usually find a way to try to incorporate okay. it. So, how many of you are there? How many people work at the museum? So, approximately, just there roughly. are. Five full-time staff right now, and then we, it varies, but we usually have between 10 and 15 part-time staff as well. Um, so, so at any one time, how many people are there? So on, on the museum floor, and I'm seeing that there's usually at least four people out yeah. there, okay. and then two to three behind the scenes. Okay. Because you've got to watch the kids, right? Make sure they yes. don't run away. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, of course they have their adults with them, but right. we, we are the extra eyes as well. Okay. So I was going to ask you further down the road here, but can, so let's say that I have a couple of kids and I want to bring them, but I don't particularly want to go. Can I bring them and leave them or I have to be with them? Uh, adults have to be with them. You do. Because um, okay. we, we encourage adults to play too. Right. Um, and... Really, we want that inter interaction between the adults and right. the, ki the kids. Um, I know that sometimes it is, oh, I would rather just drop them off and right, go, right. but we aren't, we, that's more of a daycare type situation yeah. and that we're, we're more, not we're not, yeah. yeah. Okay. And what is the demographic? Like, where do people come from? So you're in Rancho Cordova, which, you know, I, most people know it's a suburb of Sacramento. But where is most of the people who come to the museum coming from? Do you know? We do. So um, if that's why. If you ever visit and they ask you for your zip code, that's where that's, that's what we're getting yeah. that information for. Um, so of course we see lots of visitors from Rancho because we are right here. We we do see we're right off Highway 50, and we've got really easy parking. So anywhere 
up and down Highway 50 is where we see most of our people from. So, um, you know, Sacramento, up to Folsom. Sometimes we, I think we even have some, but we do have people from Roseville, from Elk Grove, from all over that are coming. And then, of course, we see, I mean, we see people that are here for either visiting family or um, just on vacation, and we see them from all over. So we really see... We see people okay, from so every state. Okay, so by getting the zip codes, um, that's how you track where people are coming from. Yes. So that means you also track how many visitors you have. So yes. how many do you have approximately a year? So pre-COVID, we were right around 90,000 a year. But um, obviously, things change and people yeah, are yeah. still getting more comfortable out. So right uh, last year, I believe we had about 50,000 um, and it's... It's steadily climbing. We're excited. People yeah. are um, coming back. Coming back, and well, for any mathematician, so ninety. Let's go to the ninety thousand. What are you? What are the hours there? So we are open Tuesday through Sunday. On Tuesday through Friday, we're open nine to two, and Saturday and Sunday we're open nine to four. Okay. Well, I don't have to be mad. That's a few hundred people a day. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're busy. Yes. Yeah, some days weekends are usually pretty busy, and then. We have we have our slow seasons, but we we what? we're happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now the Raphael question. Um, we we touched on it. You know, the pandemic affected everybody, and that's why everybody always says, "How did you get through the pandemic?" So, how did you get through the pandemic? Did you have to close? Did you have to pivot? How did you deal with that? So we were closed to the public for thirteen months. Completely closed. Completely closed. That we did some drive-through programs, virtual programming. That's a big hit. Um, Museums were, if we can all remember, kind of that list of places that had to close. Museums were, were on there for a long time. Um, Children's museums, we have always prioritized cleanliness because kids are so germy. Right. So we were ahead of the game in that sense that it wasn't such a huge shift to add more cleaning or um, different types of cleaning materials. But also because of that, it took us longer to reopen because kids are also very, very vulnerable, couldn't get vaccinated for a long time. Um, wow. So, yeah, okay. so we were so, closed yeah. for a while. That's So everybody did nothing for 13 months? So, so the, the staff, the staff that was retained uh, – there was there were different projects. Unfortunately, you know, thank God. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Thankfully, there was you know the payroll loans and things like that to help us out, like so many other places. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult to run an interactive space yeah. when you can't be interactive exactly. because also kids are. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Okay. So you're a nonprofit. So where does the funding come from for the museum? Yes. Yeah, so we are a nonprofit. We of course, anyone who ever wants to donate personally is always welcome to. Um, and then the city of Rancho Cordova is a very big supporter through their community enhancement grants right. program. Um, and it doesn't hurt to be right next door to City Hall, right? <laughs> like literally within like spinning distance. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, we're we're very lucky to yeah. have them as neighbors. Right. Um, so we have different sources of grant funding. And then, and then your admissions, admissions yeah. and memberships, and we also have and it's probably state grants. We have gotten some uh, some state grants as well, um, but a lot of them are private private oh. grants. And then, um, 
we like you said admissions and the memberships and then we do birthday parties so we do have those sources of oh, okay too. and i would imagine if someone is takes their children there and falls in love with it and has the ability to contribute they can send you money right of course yeah, yeah. no we would we love that we yeah. um could always donate in person online um on any of our special giving days or anything like that um we we love to hear from people who who love visiting yeah. <laughs> And the city, like, well, we work, obviously, we work very closely with the city, with the film office. Are they, the city of Rancho Cordova is extremely supportive of the arts and organizations yes. that I would imagine they're very supportive of you. Yes, yeah, they are definitely um, our biggest financial supporter, and they are great, too, with helping us promote different things, um, you know, attending different events. They are, they are good partners to have. Right. I remember visiting um, a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, I took a tour of the museum and um, something, there, I think there was a birthday party going on there. And so if you have kids and you want to celebrate their birthday and have their party, not at your house, but at the museum, you can do that, right? You can, yeah. We have two different options now. So you can have the party during the day when it's open to the public. We do have a, a private room and then you can play you know, throughout the day, or you can even rent the whole museum oh, you for can? your whole... The whole museum? Yeah. So are you able to say what the costs of those are? So sure, yeah. Those what are... would the cost be for the room, for instance? So both parties cost the same. Oh, they do? Um, yeah, so they're $375 um, or 300 if you're a member. And then the, um, the daytime one parties just come, you have the room where you can... We do. We lead a little craft for your group. Um, that can kind of be your home base. They don't have to stay in there the whole time, but then you can play in the museum for the rest of the day as long as you want. And then the after hours party, same cost, three seventy five or three hundred, and you get the museum to yourself uh, for up to thirty guests um, for an hour and a half. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a good little party. And yeah. You, and you don't have to clean up the house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And people bring food and cakes and all that, or you pro you don't provide that. So yeah. So we um, we don't have we don't allow food in the parties right now, and for um, we encourage cupcakes, so they're easier to yeah. to hand out. And and honestly, most of the kids that are coming to this party, they don't want to sit there and right. eat anyway. Yeah. It's more of like, let me out. I want right, to play. Right. right. <laughs> okay. So do you have partnerships with other museums? So the one that comes to mind with me would be Mozak. I think Mozak is very geared towards children's activities, I think. Uh, or, or am I wrong with that? Do you know Mozak? No, I do, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, so we, we are a member of the Sacramento Area Museum. So we collaborate on different things with different museums. Um, for example, we're a part of the Free Museum Weekend that's coming up in March. Um, and then, of course, if any museum individual opportunities come up, we definitely do that as well, whether it's either attending an event, offering support, whatever we can. Or sometimes what's great about museums is you can simply call someone up and say, how are you doing this? Or how is your this ticketing program right. work? And so Rancho Cordova this year celebrates its 20th anniversary as an incorporated city. And there are a lot of activities around that. Do you have any plans to sort of collaborate with the city on activities for the for its birthday, so to speak, its 20th birthday? 
Yeah, so nothing nothing is set in stone, but we do love to celebrate at the yeah. Children's Museum. Um, so we will, we're kind of brainstorming and figuring out a way that, that we can do that, whether it's something as simple as our mascots coming to an event because they are always entertaining or, or something specific. So yeah. um, we're still still in the works for that. Okay. So what are the plans? What are you must plan ahead. So tell us, do you have what? What's next for the museum? Well, first of all, how long has it been there? How long have you been in operation? So we have been open to the public since August of 2011. Oh, so 12 years? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a bit of history. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the what's some of the plans? So the biggest thing for us is that we have extra space now. So. Um, if anyone has been to the museum several years ago, you're used to the, the you look at the building and we have one side of it. Well, now we have both side, okay, sides so of the I'll, building. Okay. Um, so our next thing is just opening very soon, um, Friday, I believe. Um, and our, so that side is opening with our Mission Imagination Challenge exhibit. So that's really fun and exciting for us. And then we have another traveling exhibit called Measurement Rules that is coming in September on that side. Okay. So I actually, I said I visited the museum. And when I did visit, um, um, they mentioned that they were taking over the space. Mm -hmm. As you look at it, it's the space to the left. Yes, yes. You've actually done that now. We do, yes. So we, we have that space. Is that double the space now? Yes, yes and no, because we do have, finally have our office. We have offices there. Oh, we yeah. actually used to have offices off-site, right. so this is great. We're actually right. in the museum. Um, and so it's a almost doubles it. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's so very now exciting. It's a, because it was a big space before, now it's big space. Yes, and so we are still working on, we're still learning how to best use that space, so that's why when our Mission Imagination Challenge opens in just so a few days. So what is that Mission Imagination Challenge? So I'm really excited about this. Yeah. This is going to be fun. It's only going to be open on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays okay. right now. But it is a – basically, it's a STEM-based challenge that really encourages creativity and innovation and um, it's going to be really fun. So yeah. basically, part of it is you go up to our, our little Mission Imagination headquarters and depending on the age of the child, we have different prompts – and so you'll get a toolbox that's going to have some materials in it. You won't know what's in there. And then you get a different prompt, and it's going to ask you to do something. Maybe your, your um, prompt says, create breakfast for unicorns. And then you have to use what's in your box to then create that. And then we're going uh, to kind of complete your mission. And Or if that might be for a younger child, if we have someone that's maybe – six or seven, they might have something that has a little bit more um, parts to it. So create how you need to get treasure out of a volcano. How would you, how are you going to get, how are you going to do that? So use those materials wow, to create okay. that. So it's, yeah, it makes you think. Yes. So it's definitely encouraging that um, critical thinking process and helping kids get used to, and adults, um, the term is productive struggle. So Anyone who's ever been around kids, sometimes we we want to just reach over and help them do it. Right. And but that doesn't give them the no, time no. to learn yeah. and figure it out. Right. So that's what uh, a part of this challenge is too. So it'll be really exciting. You get to complete the missions. You'll have um, just 
fun things to build. We're going to display what people make. Um, just be a, a fun. Wow. So the staff, are they educators? So we do have educators on staff. So we do have an education director who's a credentialed teacher. Yeah. And then we also have um, education-specific staff who a lot of who have early childhood experience. Um, and yeah, so we and we so we we do have that. And then we also have um, different staff that is either going to school oh, okay. to be something you know in that realm too. So the new section opens. It's coming up. It's just opening. Yes, so it'll be open uh, by the time this airs. It should be should have been open for a week, but wow. um, February third that will be open. That's exciting! Yeah. yeah, must be exciting for you. It is. Yeah, we had a we had a traveling exhibit uh, in there at the end of twenty twenty two, and that went well, and so we're ready to to use the space again. So, what kind of traveling exhibits are there for children's museums? Like, what kind of things? So there, so we are still considered a smaller museum. So. Um, you know, you first have to figure out what can fit here, because right, um, right. some of some of these traveling exhibits are just massive. Right. Um, so the one we had in September to December 2022 was all about emotions and love and forgiveness and treating people with kindness and empathy. And so it had different pieces um, to kind of encourage that. So one of the favorite things was you wrote down something negative and then we had this really cool shred paper shredder and you hand used your hand to crank the shredder and just released that negative. Um, so there was different components like that. And that was difficult to explain but well received yeah, once people yeah. got there. Okay. And do you have other traveling ones coming? We do. So we have another one coming in September. Uh called Measurement Rules, and it's all going to be about um, math and learning units of measurement, but done in a, in a fun way. In a fun way. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, as we come to a close, um, let's, let's run through some things. So tell us the hours again. So we are open Tuesday through Friday from 9 to 2, and Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 4. But the first hour of those days, 9 to 9 to 10, Tuesday through Sunday, is only for museum members. Okay. And how does one become a member? So that you can either purchase your membership online or at the museum, and it gets you free admission to the museum for an entire year and free admission to events like Pajama Jam. And how much is the membership? So it starts at $150 for a whole year, and that's for two people. And then it goes $150 for two people. Mm -hmm. okay. So one adult, one child. Right. And then it goes up from there. So so you pay $150, but you can go anytime you want. And Correct. It's free. Okay. Yep. If you don't have a membership, how much is it? So it is $9.50 for anyone 12 months and older. But we do also offer a senior discount and uh, a military discount for $7.50 for that. Or our museums for all is only $2 admission. And what ages do you like the kids to be? So we focus on kids from birth to age eight. I would say the majority of our visitors are five and under. The um, Any child is welcome. You just have to have your grown-up with you. Um, and obviously, depending on, you know, some, some seven-year-olds, they might be ready for something more. Right. So it really kind of depends on the okay. kid. Okay. And how do people find you? You have a website, obviously. Yes, so you can find us um, online at sackkids.org. We've got all our information there. Or you can find us on any, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So you Sacramento have an active Children's social media? We do, yes. Yeah. 
and you're located right there next to if any if anybody's in doubt just google rancho cordova city hall and <laughs> yeah. you're right next door we are next door neighbors and we have always have easy free parking too yeah, i know yeah, that's I important could, when you're getting a little I one could out definitely attest to the parking <laughs> it's uh you can park many hundreds of cars there <laughs> yes well, Megan Tolan, Deputy Director of the Sacramento Children's Museum, thank you for enlightening us all on the, uh, I've certainly learned a lot today on the Children's Museum. Um, and thank you for being here on the Rancho Cordova podcast. But before we go, we always have a, a little quick fire round of questions. Okay. So let me just throw them at you. Okay, They're fun. let's go. So tell us one word that best describes you. Hmm. I mean, I'm a Harry Potter nerd, so my first thing would be Hufflepuff because that's my house. Right. But uh, I would probably say loyal is my yeah. probably how a lot of people would describe okay. it. Okay. If you can be, this will be a fun one for you, working at the Children's Museum. But if you can be one person for a day besides yourself, who would it be and why? The first person that comes to my mind what I would love to switch places with Lizzo for a day. I would love to be, I just love her. I love her music. I would love to see what it's like to be a performer with right. that kind of energy. She has a very good documentary right now. She, she does. Really? I just yeah. watched it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. probably why she's on my mind. <laughs> so Lizzo. Okay. <laughs> and kid, this next question, kids don't count. What is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. When you have to merge and people just stop instead of just merging appropriately. So it's a drive-in pet peeve. Yes, yeah. yes. That, okay. that really, I go down Sunrise every, every day and there's always people turning from Fair Oaks that just yeah. stop in the middle of the road. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite film of all time? Ooh. And that, when people ask me that, I think that is the most ridiculous question you can ask someone. But I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> These are not sophisticated at all. No. But uh, Mulan, it's a tie. Mulan, yeah. I love that. That's you my. like that? Um, and I love Wayne's World. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Do you have any hidden talents? And I'm sure you have many, but do you tell us? If I was to say to you, do you have any hidden talents? What is it? I can snap with both of my fingers. That's a good one. So I'm not just my. Like, I mean, at the same time? Well, yeah, I can do my left and my right. Oh, okay. And so that's, oh, people I guess can't that's do that? Apparently. No? Um, can you snap with both fingers? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also a really, really good travel planner. You are? Yes. Okay. And finally, what project are you working on today that you can't stop thinking about? Um... I'm lucky enough to be presenting at an upcoming, two upcoming conferences about things that we do at the Children's Museum, and so that's really, that's I've been right thinking there. about that and yeah. just getting getting our presentation ready to go. And this is at a conference? Yes, so my coworker Rochelle and I, she's our education director, are presenting about some of our events and at the California Association of Museums conference next month in March. And then I'm collaborating with two other museums in different parts okay. of the country well, and presenting and that. Yeah. yeah okay well megan tolan once again deputy director of the sacramento children's museum thank you for taking the time to be here on the rancho cordova podcast thanks for having me this was fun 
And until next time, thank you for listening.